0: Bereavement Room is a podcast for our community, faith and culture, featuring representative voices from across the UK. And I am your host, Kulseema Ali. I'm Lydia Okoblai, and you are listening to the amazing Bereavement Room podcast. Hi, I'm Tasneem Chowdhury, and you're listening to the Bereavement Room podcast. Hey, I'm Lakani Chirwa, and you're listening to the Bereavement Room podcast. Hi, I'm Henna Shah, and you're listening to The Bereavement Room Podcast.
1: Hello, it's Amar, and you're listening to The Bereavement Room Podcast.
0: Hi, this is Vai Ramu, and you're listening to The Bereavement Room Podcast.
1: Hello, I am Nikwas Khan and you are listening to The Bereavement Room Podcast with Kusuma Ali. Thank you for stopping by.
0: Hi guys, welcome back to The Bereavement Room. I'm thrilled to say that today's guest is my friend, property investor, Adrian Rowe. Now, Adrian isn't actually in the club, but he is surrounded by people that are. He's a great source of support. We would like to dedicate today's episode to our grandfathers and fathers. Thank you for listening. So today's guest is my good friend, Adrian Rowe. Now, we met in the workplace around about four years ago I reckon Uh, it's coming up to maybe three four years and I'm really pleased he's here because we're going to be talking about the importance of the father figure presence we'll be reflecting on what that means for both of us but also Asian is a dad himself and he'll be talking to us about what his experiences are like being a father to Riley and everything else that he does so Adrian welcome to the show how's it going?
1: Yeah it's not I'm not too bad um yeah yeah it's been a quiet day today and um yeah just looking forward to getting some information over and just seeing if we can help as many people as we can in terms of mental health and yeah see what we can see what we can discuss and yeah moving forward.
0: And and the thing is, like, we talked about you appearing on the podcast anyway, when I was at the beginning stages, when I was producing it, we talked about you appearing at some point, and it made sense for you to come in now, because obviously, like, my dad died early on in the year, mm. uh, and it just makes sense to bring you now, because you and me, we both, like, you have your father in your life, he's always been present in your life, and my dad was my best friend and he was always present in my life and I know that's something we always talked about Uh, so it made sense to bring you in today to talk about how important that is yeah definitely yeah so like just for my listeners because they're always interested to know especially when my friends come in (laughs) uh, where people are from what they do and then we can talk about how we met so like where are you from what do you do
1: yeah, so uh, so basically um, I'm from Essex. Um, I was born in Hackney, um, Homet and Children's Hospital. Spent about five years um, growing up in Dalston um, near Wrigley Road Market for anyone who knows. And then um, my parents moved to Dagenham in Essex. Um, well, I spent most of my years growing up, um, went to schools around the primary school and secondary school then obviously went on to college uh, where I studied to become an electrician so I'm a fully qualified electrician. Um, now I do building maintenance which is not so much involved but it's just maintaining nine floors of a building which is interesting mm-hmm. and I also um, own a property um, investment company, Interstellar Property Investments where we source um, investment properties for investors who are looking for better returns on their um, investments so yeah it's um it's been busy uh, we're almost getting the website up and running so that's quite cool because again um, growing up and we'll probably go into more detail uh, a little bit later uh, but it's all about trying to leave a legacy you know for um your children growing up and also trying to show them um, what we didn't get taught to to a bit later in our lives because my father he didn't really show me um the skills that I'm passing on to my son now so yeah that's my motivation for the company and Mm. yeah yeah it's an interesting stage at this um present time obviously uh, lockdown is giving us um, a chance to go over the company and um yeah do a lot more reading and yeah just getting the mind right
0: yeah. Amazing. So like wow. So you grew up in like the East London and then moved over to Essex, right? Yeah. Uh yeah. amazing. Yeah, and thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. I I bet it adds to all of your life experiences. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, where are your parents from? Like, uh, so my w-
1: parents are originally from Jamaica. Um, mm. my mum from Kingston in Jamaica, mm. my dad's from Trelawney, which is more of the countryside of um Jamaica. They came over, my mom came over when she was around about 16 to look after her older brothers, yeah. and my dad came over around about 18. Um, and yeah, yeah,
0: those times I think that was like a different time uh i feel like our parents and grandparents they they came over in a different time
1: uh, yes, definitely i mean in terms of you know obviously experiencing probably racism um i mean, i wasn't i wasn't aware of that and never, never really talked about that uh, growing up possibly where they lived in in hackney it was quite um populated by black people so i don't think they ever had that uh, mm-hmm. issue and i know Um, them growing up they could leave a job on Friday and get a job by Monday and also the houses were cheap so I think it was a good era for them Um, definitely area that we grew up and definitely so
0: yeah back then property prices were definitely uh, a lot cheaper but Mm. then it was different economical circumstances in comparison to now which I know that you're like because you run your property (laughs) company and you're you've got your head all in that and congratulations I'm really happy for you because I feel like in the time that we've known each other there's been a lot of growth yeah, definitely
1: on both parts as well. You know, definitely mm-hmm. on your side and my yeah. side. As well. Yeah,
0: and it's really nice to see that. I think uh, all those changes, um, really positive. So, like, let's get into today because it's a slightly, um, it's a slight break in the format. Mm. Of the podcast, so you and I met in the workplace. We met on a first aid training
1: course. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, you remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, like, we'll go into the story, and I'll let you explain how we met, and I'll give my version of the events. Um, <laughs> okay. Instead okay. of re- referring to the name of the company, because at the end of the day, uh, this company. Let's just call it an institution. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: definitely. Um,
0: <laughs> and and for those of you that are trying to work out who this institution is, it's not like the NHS type institution, mm, but it's mm. but it's still an institution, yeah, and definitely. they have a lot of money. So let's not mention them by name because I mm-hmm. think they'd happily suit. They'd happily sue a normal person.
1: Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely the way their um their mentalities and the way they're set up. Definitely, but um, yeah, I mean, I met um suma on a first aid course um it's interesting I think it was what um I think it was my second week there at the um at the institute I'm not too sure how long you've been had been with them for um and yeah I mean it was I think it was a South African guy giving a lecture and to be fair I wasn't I wasn't really paying attention I was just more of why am I here this is <laughs> when yeah it was- but and yeah I believe like we started talking afterwards and didn't really think much of it because obviously you worked in a separate building I think um further up the road from the institute mm. it was only really when we both left the institute that we um uh, we started messaging each other a lot more frequently and mm. we said that, that we had a lot more in common and yeah it just it just our relationship just grew from there really it
0: was like a lifetime ago but actually it wasn't that long ago now
1: what was that um end of was it end of 2017 it-
0: Yeah, around about then. And I think what I remember is like, I signed up for this first A training course, (laughs) like all enthusiastic, all really keen. I was like, yeah, I want to save lives because, you know, I'm ex-UN and like, I want to save lives and that's what I'm about. And then like, we got grouped together Mm. and we had to leave the room. And come into the emergency scene, unraveling. And yes. I'm and I remember like chatting to you and saying like, so like yeah, I'm really happy to be here. And like you're like yeah, my manager sent me here. Something to do. <laughs> <Yeah. Yes. laughs> tick tick tick. And I was just like, what the hell? And I was like this guy. But it was so funny as that day went on, working together in the sense that. I mean, for me, that first day training course, that was hard. I found it really hard, mm-hmm. and it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. I, whereas I, I whereas feel feel like when I was watching you, I was like, wow, bloody hell, this guy wasn't that bothered about being on this training course, but he's just, like, kicking ass on this course, <laughs> because you were just, like, saving lives, you're doing everything correctly, and, like, it was, wow, he's so good at this, like, and I remember you, like, trying to give me tips to keep going and, like, be motivated. Mm. And it's true. Um, I always find when I leave the workplace that the, the relationship with that colleague develops into a real friendship after we've left the place of work because then you kind of see that you know you can be more yourself and you're not checking your personality at the door. And
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, I think I think we've always been open with each other. I think hmm. what I like about you is that you know. You are you are you, and what you what you see is what you get. And I love people like that. I love just being open because life is short, and you know, for people to always put up a um, a fake persona, you know, it must be hard work. So I love people who are just themselves. I'm always myself, you know. Good, you know when I'm angry, you know when I'm upset, you know when I'm happy, (laughs) you know, you know when I'm emotional. So. Um, I love people who are the same and I think yeah that's one of the reasons we definitely clicked as well as you being obviously ambitious and driven and I love that in people oh
0: thank you <laughs> right back at you you are like my motivational speaker <laughs> and I really appreciate that but you know what we're gonna appreciate each other a bit more later <laughs> on in the podcast so let's let's get into the story. Mm. Um. Like, so my dad died early on this year, as you know, yeah. and I just... Like, for me, dads are very special. Mm. I think a father-daughter, father-son relationship is a really special one. I think that presence is necessary, it's needed, it's healthy, it's something that I think everyone should experience, what it's like to have a father.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I would I would definitely concur with that, because, um, I mean... In terms of my father, I mean, he was there, um, but he didn't actually give me much um, support emotionally. Like he wasn't. I mean, obviously, he's coming from Jamaica. Um, his dad had passed quite early on in his life, so I don't think my dad was able to understand how to love if you see what I mean, he was just yeah. more of a, okay, I'm a provider, I'll go to work, i provide the food, the food's on the table, roof's on, over the head, uh, clothes on your back, that's it, so in terms of putting his shoulder around me, giving me kisses, you know, telling me I love you, um, well done, you know, I didn't get any of that, so that's why I try and implement a lot of that um, into my son now, Riley, you know, telling him well done, giving him kisses, cuddles, mm. you know, hugging him, and yeah, just showing him that love as well as um, supporting him and you know doing all the necessary things that dads do as well so mm. I think that's one thing that I missed out on and um yeah it was it was it was difficult um and even to this day it's, it's still a bit hard you know I'll tell my dad that I love him when I get off the phone but you know it's not so, yeah. reciprocal
0: ah <laughs> oh, so interesting mm. that's interesting and just see so there's no response really you say oh, I love you dad and
1: yeah, it's not like yeah, I love you too, son. It's just like, mm, yeah, <laughs> that sort of thing. Okay. Bless. Yeah. Oh, bless but him. at the same time, you know, he was there for me when, when um, because obviously my parents split up. Um, so you know, instead of him moving far away, he literally moved at the end of the road. See, so <laughs> I lived on at one end of the road. He moved to the other end of the road, which I really do thank him for. Looking back as um as I get older, because it would have been so easy for him to move away further away and not um, be so close. So in the evenings after school, I would go to his house, have my dinner, he'd provide dinner for me, and then I would just walk to the other end of the road and I'd be back at my mum's again. So in that sense, yeah, he didn't provide me with a lot of emotional support, but he was there for me. And, mm. you know, I'm so grateful for.
0: Yeah, I understand that emotional love thing. I I hear that uh, with a certain generation, that showing that openly looks very differently in our black and brown communities. Mm, mm. It's quite a common thing and I don't know if that comes from the fact that they struggled so hard and that they had to internalize so much.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think um where it is I think having this discussion with my friend as well who's um you know he's happily married um got three children. I think as a uh, black and brown men I think um, there's a lot bestowed upon us in terms of pressure, in terms of being successful, being strong, um, living up to a certain, um, how can I say it, living up to a certain persona. You know, so like as a black man, you have to, you know, a lot of people assume you're great lovers, you're well endowed, you're physically strong. Um, Now you have to be successful. And I think with all of that as well, with all that pressure that's built up inside, it's very hard to um, sometimes express when you're going through difficulties because people are looking at you like, you know, you should have everything (laughs) in place. So I find that if if one bar slips, then, you know, you're seen as a failure. And I think, yeah, it's it's just difficult. I think it's a uh, different mentality that black and brown men have to go through there's a there's a really high bar set and um a perception of how we are
0: and what why do you think that perception has been put on us are these stereotypes and expectations is it a history thing do you think um
1: yeah i'll definitely go along with it's a history thing. probably could be stem from slavery um you know especially from the black perspective like Mm. you know where was the black man when we were getting enslaved uh the black woman probably looking at the black man and saying well you're not here to hold up um hold the family together where are you and I think you know as a stereotype as my friend said to me it's like it's when you go into a room um full of white people and it's a case where you know people might turn around and look at you and look at you a certain way in terms of like, what are you doing here? You know, they look at you and, and automatically think that you shouldn't be there. You should mm-hmm. be, they already have a perception of you before you even know my name. So for example, we were having this saying, okay, a black guy is, is really successful. If you're telling a story to a group of people and you're saying, I know this black guy is really successful. Um, you know, he's, he's a multimillionaire in property. You know, they, they'll say to you, Oh, wow and be shocked by that but if you turn around and said oh well i know this black guy you know he's just come out of prison you know there's no reaction from that because that's a kind of norm if you see what i mean and i think nowadays where again we have to be mentally strong physically strong great lovers well endowed yeah. successful yeah it's a lot of pressure and if you don't have um the mechanics in place to deal with all of that pressure you can easily um, turn to depression, you could easily turn mad. And I find, you know, that's probably why there's quite a lot of uh, black and brown people walking on the streets, walking and talking to themselves, because they never had that outlet to be able to um, get off their chest. Because I think in our community, we're seen as weak if we cry or if we ask for help. And I think I just drew up a statistic Um, and for men 16 years and over, um, for mental emotional treatment, black and black and Asians are the lowest. For um, emotional treatment, it's at five percent. Asians are at four point two percent. White guys are at eleven point four percent. And that shows me that you know, white guys and other um, races, they're more open to asking for that help. It's, it's you know, so I don't know why with our community it seems as asking for help is a sign of weakness so that's Mm -hmm. one thing i'd like to address and i think hopefully after this podcast we could do that and you know knowing that it's okay to um be emotion have emotions you know because we are humans and you know being able to speak and cry and get that off your chest and ask for advice and ask for help is you know it's not seen upon weakness I see it as strength that you're in tune with yourself and you're asking for that help you know instead of mm. having that all pen in and finally it may explode in aggression or um, drug abuse or any other forms, you know? So yeah, I hear you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I
0: hear you. It can manifest in into all kinds of mental health uh, yeah. problems so. and addiction. Um, I I feel like there's to me it's like an onion, so you have to peel off the layers.
1: Mm, definitely,
0: because it's really complex. And I think some of it is that a lot of our therapy services or mental oh. health services are very much. Built and tailored to deal with white communities, yeah. uh, uh, than they are uh, black communities and Asian communities. And yes, white communities, as you say, they they do access and are a bit more comfortable in their feelings and access these services without fear. Mm-hmm. Whereas, whereas for us, I feel like these services aren't really built or tailored to our needs or where we're from and yeah. the the trauma that we've experienced. Mm-hmm. And I read actually an interesting column um, in the Metro. I think it went on social media about a month ago. It was when they go when they go into the therapy room. Um, what happens is that they get met with sort of like the fact that they might be extremists or stereotypes or people not fully understanding what it's like to be a Muslim in the UK Mm. and so there there was like a statistic to say that Muslims just are you still there Adrian
1: yeah hi hi I'm still
0: here oh okay Uh, (laughs) I don't know what happened the sound there um uh that they basically don't access these services because they don't trust the services and the people Mm. running them and they, they don't think it's going to meet their needs and I don't think that's isolated to just Muslim communities, I think mean, that's a lot of people that identify as the other in society yeah. yes. where they just they they won't op- be open with their feelings because the system isn't designed to help them be open with their feelings and more often than not we have to go to grassroots organisations to really get the help that we need
1: Yeah, def- definitely, I would definitely concur with that I mean, yeah, it is hard going into um, an institute that's not, um, that was never built for you, um, and, uh, and seeking help because ideally when you're going for emotional or mental support, you need people, um, off your ethnicity to, to be there, to, um, so you, you know, so they can understand what you've, you've gone through. Cause it's hard speaking about race or anything else, um, to someone who's not off that race. <laughs> does that make sense?
0: It does. <laughs> but yeah. The- and that's what, yeah, and that's what this podcast is about. So yeah, it
1: does, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, so they're not gonna under they're not gonna understand where you're coming from, how you have to deal with prejudice on a day-to-day basis, uh, more mental now than um, you know, five hundred years ago where it's more physical. Um and some people are not mentally strong, you know, and I think again we bring it back to having a father in your life. Um to give you, you know, to give you wisdom, to give you your strength to know that, you know, okay, yeah, the road is going to be hard, but, you know, I've got my dad by my side. He's given me words of wisdom. Um, he's someone I can go to and talk to. Whereas for me growing up, I didn't really, I don't know, I didn't, I did it, I found it hard to go to my dad and speak to him about certain issues. So in my life growing up, my uncle, um, one of my mom's closest brother. He was the one who gave me guidance, wisdom, knowledge, um, and understanding who I am as a black man, and what you have to do as a black man growing up, and what certain skill sets you need to acquire, and what certain books you need to read. So I'm, um, I grew, I got that from uh, my uncles in terms of who I am as a, as a, a black male. Um, and then my other uncle was what trades you need to get, what skills you need to acquire to move up the ladder and be able to hold yourself in a, in high esteem and, and know that you are equal to any man as well as, as long as you're willing to put in that at work. So if you don't have a father figure in your life, then, you know, there's so many um, deviations in the road that you can go down and, you know, that's where you need a strong father to be present or you know, some male dominant in your life to give you the wisdom and the guidance. And I find a lot of us, we don't have that. It's That's sad. What... Yeah, it's sad. It really is. Um,
0: so what do we do in that in that context when, you know, if there's someone who's listening that doesn't have that father figure, like, what would you kind of say? What, <sighs> um,
1: what, what I would say, I would definitely start with um, uh, books. Like, there's a book called um, When We Ruled by I mean and I mean obviously I'm I should let me diversify slightly um what I would the first book I would probably read uh, by Tony Robbins is um a book called Mastery um to just be able to master your emotions um to understand your emotions um and understand that you can achieve anything because I think that's what you need as a as a young guy um Black or black black or brown. That's what you need growing up when you don't have a father in your life because you'll you'll automatically be told that you're not good enough, that you you can't achieve what you need mm-hmm. to achieve. So you need books of um real substance to say that, you know, you are able to accomplish your dream through uh, meditation, through affirmation, through visualization, um and, yeah, uh, looking at people, no matter whether they're white, brown, pink or blue, you know, everyone, yeah. everyone can achieve um, their goals as long as you're willing to work hard for it. And, yeah, just put in the work. And I think that's what uh, black and brown guys miss who don't have father figures in their life and who are not um, ready to read or, you know, do research. Because there is groups out there, but sometimes I think it's too easy for them to say, oh, well, I didn't have a father figure in my life, so this is, this is where I ended up. But at the same time, you know, we're all human, you know, you have, you know, from uh, good, you know, from bad, you know, you know, whether to go and pick up a book or do some research. I mean, we're in the information age. So anything you want to understand, you know, it's, it's a click away. So
0: mm, absolutely.
1: Um, yeah, sometimes you can't always get caught up and, and be like, oh, why me, you know, yeah, fair enough. They're they, why you, but you know, there's a million other people out there who are in your same position or even worse, or who have picked up themselves and self educated themselves without having a father figure and, and are doing really well. So, mm. Mm.
0: and I, I hear you on that, and I, I guess that, that kind of taps into resilience. It's finding those tools within us, Mm, definitely, mm.
1: and I, yeah, definitely with meditation. Um, and I feel. That's what a lot of people are running away from now. And I mean, with this um, COVID-19, mm-hmm. I mean, they said that there's going to be a slight rise with um, mental health issues in terms of people not being able to go out and, you know, feeling depressed. But mm. you know what it is? I feel that you have to be able to be comfortable with yourself and I find there's a lot of people out there that are not comfortable with themselves. You know, hence we have the iPad, we have the iPod, we have we have Sky, we have Netflix, we have everything to um occupy our mind. But if we really want to grow and be the best version of yourself and overcome obstacles and challenges you have to sometimes sit in silence and you know turn all the gizmos and gadgets off and just listen to yourself and i find a lot of people are scared to do that and the reason i say that is because you know you might have you might come to self-realization that you know i have to drop the friends that i associate with i might have to change my diet i might have to start being healthier and you know sometimes looking at yourself and looking at all your um your inadequacies um you know it's a scary thing you know and a lot of people don't want to deal with it they'd rather just go through the world how they are so
0: yeah I hey you. you put that so well <laughs> you articulated that so well like uh, nobody really wants to take a good look in the mirror and look at mm-hmm. all their flaws who wants to do that but mm-hmm. for that growth you're absolutely right it's a case of sitting with your own discomfort 100, 100, 100. and in the situation that we're in now so many people are having to <laughs> do that or they're trying to avoid that with as you say all the all, all the gadgets and gizmos and whatever mm. so like we're fathers right yeah. <laughs> um I know that you were chatting to your friend because we were talking about this like uh, about two weeks ago reflecting you had a conversation with your friend about um, how women might perceive dads the are I don't want to use the word performing or being a good dad or whatever, but uh, uh, as you said, there are a lot of pressures and you had a conversation with your friend and, um, I just wondered if you could reflect on that, like, cause I, it's hard to be a dad. I think that's a really hard job to do. And like,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Speaking with my friend, I mean, obviously naming no names, but he went, he's, he's going through a situation that I went through. Um, with the separation of um, Riley's mum. Obviously, I won't go into too much the of the whys and the, the house aware. But, um, yeah, he's a good guy, you know, hard worker, um, determined, um, very focused and driven. And he was in his relationship for quite a, quite a while. Um, and, you know, he's, he's tried everything to try and, you know, meet his woman's needs and... Um, You know in terms of paying paying and looking after the household and and etc and i think sometimes i think sometimes women especially i wouldn't say especially black women i just think you know there's a lot of pressure on black guys um you know we have to deal with pressures at work we have to deal with on the way to work yeah um
0: (laughs) oh god yeah yeah.
1: (laughs) you know just getting to work itself is is <laughs> a drama in itself, um then dealing with all the pressures, all all the politics at work um and then you know t- um providing for your family and you know being a great lover and understanding your woman's emotions and being there for her, and you know it, it's it's a lot, it's a lot, and I think sometimes if you don't have that relationship where it's open and your woman's understanding and she understands what you go through and and he's able to help you, um, you know, deal with deal with the day basically, and and refuel you for you to go out again. I think you start getting cracks in the relationship um, because you'll be like, well, I'm here providing, and you know, I'm not getting any emotional support. Yeah, you could get the physical love in. Um, Which is all good, but at the same time, sometimes you need that emotional. Support. Sometimes you just want to sit down and, yes, babe, it's, it's okay. I understand. Yeah, today was a hard day, but you know what? You're doing a great job, and and we understand and we appreciate you. We love you. We love what you're doing, and you know what? We are gonna make it. We are we are gonna reach our goal. Sometimes you just want to hear that, you know, just to say, mm. a woman's got me. I'm I'm feeling that strength again, and yeah, I think that's where. Pressure. Yeah, and I think that's where sometimes the relationships break down. Because I mean, just touching on relationship that I'm in now, um, you know, we're so spiritually connected. You know, we can talk about anything. Can you know? We have we're able to we're able to talk our problems through. Whereas I think in this society, you know, if it's not working, I oh, will give up. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a quick throwaway society. And I was speaking with another friend who's um, who's Ghanaian. And, you know, I said to you, how do you um, resolve issues between yourself and your wife? You know, if it really got to a certain stage where, you know, you were about to divorce, he was like, nah, 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 Adrian, that wouldn't happen. What would happen is that family members would probably fly over from Ghana if they're not already uh-huh in um in the UK and they'd all sit around like a round table and they'd all air out their discussion there wouldn't be no throwing the 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 marriage away no you'd be sitting down discussing all the problems through it and there'll be like a sort of um a truth set and you move forward you know discussions mm-hmm. held with two sides of the family and you move forward and I think the Caribbean not all Caribbean families lack that but You know, most people that I know, that wouldn't be something that would naturally happen. It'd be like, okay, well, we tried. Um, Okay, well, I'm going to go my way and you go your way. And, you know, if we have children, then we'll try and do the best we can for them. Yeah, it's tough It's tough. Yeah, and I think, you know, as a black man, you get stereotyped again, you know, as, you know, where even if you've tried your best to try and make that relationship work and it's not your and it wasn't your fault. Well, saying that, I mean... You know, you always there is always faults on both sides. But if you've really tried and, you know, if your woman's cheated on you and that's something that, you know, there's no going back from, then I can understand. But then you get stereotyped with, okay, you're a single black father, you know, you're a separated father, typical black man, can't hold down a relationship, you know, likes to go from one woman to another, giving babies. And that might not be you, but again, that's another stereotype that you have to deal with and you have to be mentally strong to deal with that again you know it's
0: compounded Uh, it's so compounded by so many elements oh yeah definitely and it's just too much it's too much for one person and when you're already being oppressed by society that we live in (laughs) that's just like some next shit that you have to deal with and I I really appreciate your perspective as a black man sharing that so openly actually
1: yeah, I think, need, I think we need more of it as well, you know, I think that would help our community to realise that, okay, it is okay to speak um, on subject matters that are emotional, you know, and, you know, being able to cry, you know, sometimes you just need to cry and lay it out, it's, you know, it's, it is where it is, you know, don't see it as weakness, seeing it as a release, a release of the, um, the built-up energy that's gone on inside for so long. Um, and I think as well, touching on fathers and mothers, I think, I mean, you know, I can't speak for all mothers, but again, you know, having a father in your life, this is something that you're able, if you have a father in your life, you're able to go to him and, you know, be able to speak with him and reason with him. And he can, again, he can reassure you, um, and give you guidance because again, there's peer pressure, you know, um. That we that we deal with that we deal with every day, and to have that father figure presence in your life is is crucial. It really it really is. I mean, not enough words to describe how. <laughs> it's massively
0: I, that, crucial yeah. because I I I I I've never taken my I never took my dad for granted, but I think now that he's no longer here and he's transitioned into the next life he's mm-hmm. he's not here and I'm never going to get that phone call again. Mm. To, 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 he's not, you know, to check on me that I've eaten, what my day was like. Yeah. Uh, I'm never going to have those weekends with him again. And the lessons that my dad left me with, I can't even tell you, they're such valuable life lessons mm. that nobody else could have taught me. So uh, I guess on the back of that, what I'd like to ask you, like, um, I know you haven't had any bereavements in your immediate family, but I know you've uh, probably had some external and...
1: Yeah, I've had, uh, yeah I've had quite a few. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, are you able to reflect on, like, what that would mean, like, when the father figure's gone and just what your experiences are?
1: Um, well, uh, I mean, yeah, I can talk... I mean, I can... Yeah, I can touch on um, a few subjects. I mean, like, a real good close friend of mine... Um, you know who went to primary school with, secondary school with, you know. I mean, he'd be he'd be a great one for you to um, get on this podcast, and um, I mean, we'll share some details um, afterwards. Oh
0: yeah, I'd love to interview
1: him. Uh, um, yeah, because obviously he's lost his mother, um, he's lost his father, and he's lost his uncle. Um, his father and uncle within us probably within six months of each other. Of his mum, a bit further back. Um, and what I notice is that. You know, growing up, his father wasn't really there, which made me appreciate my father. Even though my father was was quite mean, was quite tough, um, not loving, but it made me appreciate him being around. Then, obviously, if the friend who lost his mother quite when we were quite young. Then, you know, built up that great relationship with his dad. Um, obviously, my friend had children and obviously he would spend time at his father, you know, just to build up that relationship again because obviously his father wasn't present um, with him growing up. And mm. see that, you know, the confidence coming back out of him, you know, getting married, um, having another child, you know, working, you know, really... Um, going for life and you could really see, that. I think, having that father figure in his life as he was growing, like more coming into his life even more, you know, gave him the confidence, you know, and saying, you know, I've got my father, there's my rock, my backbone, you know, any problems I can go to him. And then obviously losing him, you know, we lost contact with our friend for a good while. And, you know, we, we were at one stage, we were quite worried um, because you imagine growing up, your father hasn't been present, you've lost your, your mother. Um, And then, you know, eventually you find your way and then, you know, you get your father back and you're growing, you're feeling strong, you know, your father's in your corner, you get to visit him and you're building up that rapport that you lost when you were younger. then for that to be taken away again, you know, that must have been devastating. And, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I can't, there's no words that I can express to know what that feels like um so yeah we're worried about him but again he's got us as a support so you know I don't know everything other friends don't know everything. but come together collectively we can still give him that support so I think that is vital um for growth to have your father present in your life once again you know Mm,
0: that's really sad I I I hear that about the fact that the relationship changes when one parent dies mm-hmm. and then you reconnect with another and then they kind of pre- his dad sounds like he did his mum like took his mum's place well she could never he could never take his mum's place but mm-hmm. was there to kind of help him grow again and build him back up and he yeah. rebuilt something new and i I know what that personally feels like mm-hmm. uh, and it's really sad so I guess like i I want to ask you know as Riley's dad how old is Riley now is he nine? Seven. Oh, he's seven.
1: Seven dying
0: on 10. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love all the videos and stuff that you share. You go, you know, going cycling, football, and cooking. You're yeah. really hands on dad. Um, it's really lovely to see. Um, I guess reflecting on, you know, your friend's experience and you really feeling that being his support network, yeah. that you're there for him. And also as a dad, um, I just wonder like, when that absence of that father goes like, when that absence is there because we're all going to die one day uh, without sounding morbid Um,
1: (laughs) that's the only thing we can bet on yeah
0: yeah we'd be millionaires (laughs) Um, so I just wonder from your perspective like what does that mean then because we really need that father figure whether you have a dad or not finding that father figure through someone else Mm -hmm. or your support network or your uncle or whatnot what Mm -hmm. how do you deal then how do you deal because I'd love to know like i don't know how to deal with my grief and i'm processing it day by day that i no longer have a dad and it's really devastating for me mm-hmm. and and i have my moments like earlier i just sort of burst out crying and yeah, and it and it happens when you're grieving it just happens out of nowhere and and i was like oh my god it's so real like i wake up from a nap the other day and i was like wow it's so real he actually died yeah and, uh, and i just wonder from your perspective like when they're gone what do we do
1: I mean, I mean, obviously all parents pass and, you know, I've not gone through that experience. Yeah, I don't, obviously I don't um, wish it anytime soon, but I know it's going to happen. And, you know, I have thought about it, you know, I can't lie and sit here and lie that I haven't thought about it. Um, How would I deal with it? I mean, I don't really know. I mean, I'm quite close to my older sister um i mean i'm hoping she will help me to get through it um they're
0: lawyers your sisters aren't they they're like big shot lawyers
1: yeah my older sister yeah she's a big time defense lawyer and my younger sister nice. she's a head matron um at our um, hospital so yeah they're, nice. they're doing quite well um how i would process that i mean you, the, one, the the one thing i would try and hold on to um would be all the good times just trying that would I think you know, trying to think about okay, they're not here. You know, trying thinking about that is not going to bring them back. So, I think trying to deal with that is just trying to um, realize that you know they've just they're and they're they're not completely gone. They're just transformed into um, a different. I, I don't know. They but their body's gone. The physical manifestation of their body is gone, but their spirit still lives on. Like you know, your father could be present with you right now. You know, watching over you but you can't see him in the physical, you can't speak to him. Um, So I believe in that firmly, that, you know, they're always there with you, and I think holding on to that, um, knowing that they're guiding you, watching you, they're not in the physical, that can help you to get through and, you know, enjoy, enjoy, uh, just trying to remember all the enjoyment you had with them and the memories and the laughing and, you know, all the fun times. (laughs) I mean, that's that's the only way I can perceive to try and get through it. I mean, until Mm. I... I have to go through that situation I I don't know I mean people handle it differently some people go in to um, hide in for a couple of weeks you know deal with it and then come back stronger mm-hmm. trying to remember all their fun times and you know knowing that they've um, transitioned into another life form um, that's that'll be easy I'd understand that a lot easier and deal with that a lot easier than knowing that I can't go around there anymore I can't phone him and literally that you're on your own now you know, in terms of, okay, right, well, I haven't got any parents. Like, yeah,
0: I'm, here, I'm you know, orphaned.
1: Yeah, you're here on your own and, you know, depending on how close you are with your sisters or your brothers or even if you have sisters or brothers or if you just, you know, you just have friends, you know, I mean, phew, yeah, I mean.
0: Tough yeah. one, innit? it? Yeah,
1: that's just hit me emotionally.
0: Yeah.
1: That <laughs> has really, you know. Um, and, I
0: mean,
1: so, hmm. and so having your own family... Um, definitely does help um you know it's it's a hard one it's a hard one I don't yeah. think I don't think there's anything I don't think there's anything that you can really do to really um get, get over uh, it yeah you just, it's it's more of how you deal with it
0: yeah and how you live with it and how
1: yeah. you carry your, on yeah your your copability mechanisms How you you know cope with it moving forward you know
0: You touched on something really important there that I noticed about having your own family. And I remember something you said once when we were having lunch, I think, in (laughs) Granary Square one summer. Uh, You're like, Riley's like my first love and I've got Riley. And this was when you weren't uh, in a relationship at the time.
1: Mm.
0: Um, I think it was just before you met Monique, actually. And you said... you know, he's my first love, you know, I can date and that, and that's all good, but at the end of the day, I've, I've got my love, and I've got my son, and if it happens, it happens, if it doesn't, it doesn't, I've got other goals in life, and actually, mm-hmm. I mean, that's really important, because, you know, when uh, we were working in, in that institution, yeah, uh, my brother died, right, mm-hmm. when I was there, my younger brother, and I think it was just as you had left, and I was still there, um... There was another colleague of mine that went through something really horrific with his parents, the loss of his parents. Mm. But he had a young family, two children, a very young family and a very loving wife. And you could see that that was a source of strength and support to help him carry on and deal with the situation that had unraveled Mm. so suddenly. And it was so horrific. And, you know, seeing him every day, I really felt for him. Actually, I got quite close to him based on the fact that because then my brother had got leukemia and had died and we just really connected. We were already really cool, but then we'd connect. We, our experiences brought us together, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah,
0: and, and the one thing he did say was that I have my family, and honestly, I don't know what I would do. And that was a, 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 a source of support for him. Mm-hmm. And I, I really feel that for anyone that's listening. Um, I do feel if you do have your own family, you feel uh, less alone. Like that does give you strength to wake up and carry on with your goals and carry on with your legacy
1: mm, definitely yeah you're 100% right there see I mean you know people go through um, bereavement you know loss of a mother or father if you do have your own family you know you do all right yeah you have to mourn you have to grieve you have to um, um experience the emotion you have to understand it you have to deal with it and put it to a side and, and carry on. You can never forget, but you've got your own family. You know, you've still got a roof to provide for your family. you still got food to put on the table. You've still got bills to pay. So I think having that is a sort of, um um. it takes the focus of just, you know, because, you know, I mean, you you know more than me most probably that, you know, some people will lose their parents, you know, they go into – retreat you know their their world ends everything comes to a stop especially if obviously if they haven't got a family and it's just them you know you you can you can be in your room for months years you know being able to trying to deal with it but if you've got a family yeah you have to deal with that but at the same time you you know you've got another family to raise and 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 provide Part of, for.
0: and pass yeah. the lessons on, isn't it? Yeah,
1: hundred percent. Because they'll be looking at you to see how you deal with it, your children. Because remember, your children are watching everything you do, how you deal with situations when you're out on the road. You know your facial expressions, your body language, <laughs> everything. So, you know, yeah, you can yeah. grieve in private. You know, uh, if you don't want to show them that side of you crying. But at the same time, I think you just have to show them, yeah, you can cry, you can be. Um, Emotional about it But at the same time Look I'm still strong I'm still going to work I'm still providing I'm still having fun with you I'm still your provider I'm still your father I'm still here You know Um, That's
0: amazing Uh, Just as you say that Just because uh, You touched on something Really important That a lot of charities And therapists Say Is that you shouldn't Hide your grief You're crying It's healthy to show Your children that Because as you say Your children are watching Your every move Yeah
1: Yeah Definitely. And I mean, I'll never I'll never I'll never hide my emotions from Riley. Because, um, again, I mean, like you, I mean, I'm quite an open book. You know, you know, when I'm happy, you know, when I'm sad. Um, so, yeah, show them that there is, you know, it's OK to show emotion. And again, touching back to, you know, people with uh, mental health issues, you know, trying, trying to hold that within you is, is hard and what I always try to remember which is a great quote that I always go back to God never gives you more than you can bear
0: oh my god I love that quote that's one of my favorite quotes yeah
1: and I mean anytime I'm going through stress you know pressure um obstacles you know God never gives you more than you can bear so and then there's a there's a there's a add-on to that so it'll be like God will never put you in situations that you can not deal with But you can always put yourself in situations That God can't deal with You understand? <laughs> yeah I
0: hear you, I love those, I've heard them all uh, is, uh, is that Because for me that they, Those sayings come from the Quranic It's Quranic okay. So okay. for you, did you get that from the Bible?
1: Um, Bible and, and Friends as, uh, Friends And just quotes that I've picked up over the years And oh, okay. My mum always used to say That God will never give you more than you can bear yeah, and, and that's definitely helped me through, you know, trials and tribulations. And because at the same time, you know, your father be will be present in your life. But at the same time, as a guy growing up, you still sometimes have to make them decisions that your father might not have been in. Um, so you have to make them decisions with everything that you know up until that point. And, um, yeah, you sometimes just have to deal with situations the best way you can. They may not be right. They may not be wrong. But you just have to deal with it and learn your lessons and move forward. But I think a big inspiration for me as well is that I, I like to write. So a lot of things that I might not be able to say verbally, I'll, I'll write them down in my book of thoughts, uh, which I'm hopefully looking to get onto ebooks on Amazon at some oh,
0: point. Amazing. You'd be brilliant at that because you're so motivational, speak and like, yeah. Oh, yes. my God.
1: So it's just finding outlets to, you know, through for your, um, mental, for some people paint, some people draw, some people mm. sing, some people write, you know, so it's just finding that, um, coping mechanism that will help you to alleviate your stress and your mental, um, Stress, because we're not we're not we're not superhumans, and you know it's okay to cry. Don't I think we get pent up on seeing the images on TV that you have to be super strong, you have to be this masculine man, you know you can't show no emotion, and same for a woman, I suppose as well. I mean I can't speak solely for a woman's perspective but you know i mean there's a certain image you have to portray you have to conduct yourself in a certain way and you know it's 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 all baloney (laughs) like saying it you know be you you know god created you for you experience life this life that we live through you. Express yourself how you want to express yourself and you know don't let anybody um confine you to a box you know Mm. Be, be outside the box be you and You know, we only get one life in, in, well, we only get one physical manifestation of this life. And, you know, we want to, we want to try and die empty. So Mm. don't try and live up to social um, pressure, you know, as long as you've got a roof over your head, you can put food on your table, you can sleep easy at night, you haven't done anyone any harm. And, you know, you're living the best version of yourself and you're chasing your dreams and your goals and your purpose, then that's all okay you know let other people try and live up to that social um that social bar let them live up to that and you know you just live comfortable and you know just be, true to, you. be yeah. true to you and i think as well reading it definitely helps a lot you know i've read quite a lot of books which we'll come
0: back to, because okay. I want to I do that at the end, your top, three okay. <laughs> recommended books and why. But you, but you said something about strength, actually, and uh, the, the woman's experience. And I know you've been listening to the podcast where my guests have been telling their stories. Mm. And I, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to Andrea Lungay's episode.
1: No, not not. Uh, yet, no.
0: But but she she um, she talked about what it means to be... She touched on the fact that, you know, the strong black woman, be strong. And when mm. her her brother died, I think a lot of people were saying, be strong, be strong. And I think what she really needed was to just feel her emotions and be yes. told that it's okay to feel those emotions. And mm. there's nothing wrong with that. Rather than you're strong, you can handle it. And she said openly, I'm not strong. What mm. it is, is she's resilient. Yeah, she's resilient and she she dealt with what she had to deal with and she had was compounded by all these other issues at university. But shout out to Andrea uh, if you haven't heard her episode, it's the first one. But she she did talk about what you just said now, and you're right. We need to just feel what we need to feel, and it needs to be acknowledged and validated within our environment and mm-hmm. let other people let other people be. But like our environment can help us. The people yeah, in our environment to. To say it's okay that you're crying and let it out and not want to fix it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just let that emotion. And I, there's a, there's another book as well. Um, again, we'll, okay, we'll touch, we'll touch on that, we'll touch again. Yeah, I know but, you uh, love
0: your books. This guy, re- yeah. guys, this guy reads about fifty books a year. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, uh, this helped me deal with my emotion, uh, my emotional. Um, it's called emotional intelligence. And obviously the situation that I went through with Riley's mum, it was really emotional. And, you know, I showed a lot of emotions um, that I wouldn't like to show or, you know, portray again. But again, you know, it made me realise that, yeah, it's okay to Christ. You know, we do make mistakes. It's life. But it's how we deal with them emotions. And it's it's understanding the emotion, um, speaking to yourself how... How does that emotion make you feel? So once you're once you're analysing the emotion of how it's making you feel, it makes it a lot more easier to deal with it. Like yeah, that that situation that I just went through, you know, it was sad. You know, I felt um I felt open, I felt I felt betrayed, I felt misloved, I felt used. You know, so you you know express that emotion. You know, you're doing
0: the work. Yeah,
1: feel you're Feeling it. that
0: pain. Yeah, yeah
1: feeling. And speak it out, and then once once you're able to speak it, you know, you it can never really have that same impact on you again. So, yeah, mm. yeah. Don't let society, you know, yeah. We have to be strong, of course, but at the same time, we need to cry. You know, we need to laugh. We need to.
0: Mm. <laughs> we have Talking to go. Healing is healing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Healing is healing. Exactly. So we have to go through all um, aspects of um, the healing process. You know, crying, laughing. You know, speaking hugging you know um and it's, you.
0: it sounds simplistic but actually it's so much it's...
1: yeah and, yeah and it's and it's hard and you have to really be in tune with yourself I was not really but you have to understand yourself you know you have to really know yourself really know you Um, what what you're what you're about you know not what other people may think outside of you is what you think of yourself how you feeling and dealing with that you know take away all all the masks that you may put on to get through the day strip that all back and deal with you
0: (laughs) I love it I love it you're really like you're authentically yourself and like there is no mask here and it's all cards on the table and I love that about you (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: uh, um Talking about legacy because you talked about the legacy earlier and the goals um, as a father to Riley and Riley's international. I swear he's been to more countries than I have, and he's only yeah. seven years old.
1: Yeah, yeah, he. I mean, he's yeah, he's, his passport is stamped, stamped. Oh well, <laughs> yeah. I've never
0: been so jealous of a kid before in my life. But yeah, <laughs> that's mad.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, but it's it's great to expose them. Um... To that, to, to different, uh, different life, you know, to make them appreciate what they have, because um, again, I mean, this is probably going off topic again, It's... It's appreciating what you have. Um, and I think a lot of the children nowadays, everything is now, 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 you know, okay, I'm finished with the iPod. I want the iPad. I'm finished with this iPad. I want the new iPad. Oh, I've got iPhone 4, but I want the iPhone 5. So, and it's, you know, and when you take them, when you take your children to other countries, like we took them to Cape Verde and, you know, the children didn't really have much, but we see these two uh, kids, like brother, uh, both brothers and you know they were making bow and arrows out of the sticks you know they were making arrows uh, with the tree bark and I'm like mate if you were to go back to England and tell a child to do that like, mate there's a shop round the corner you know I can just go and buy that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know oh it was amazing just to see them and there was they had so much fun <laughs> yeah so much fun making it by hand searching for the tree and tree branch and breaking it and you know you could see Riley was just stood there like in awe like looking at them like wow like you know they're having so much fun with with so little if you see what I mean but to them it's it's a lot you know it's it's amples of opportunities and and things that they can make with with everything around them so I think it's exposing children to that um to make them understand that they are in a um a privileged situation cuz you re- when you look at it, you have, we have to be thankful for where we've been born you know cuz we could have been born anywhere you know and be born in the UK yeah we go through racism on a daily basis subtle racism indirect <laughs> racism um but we're in a we're in a land where you know if you work hard you can you can make it and you know there's a lot of people out there Um, who would chop off their right arm literally to be in the position that we are. So it's giving the children that understanding from early and I think if, 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 if schools were able to do that, you know, take children on trips to different countries to show them, you know, the hardship as well as being over there to, you know, maybe help build up communities for a while, whether it be for a week or 10 days um, and expose the children from a young age that, so when they come back, they're more able to, you know, realize that they are in a privilege um, opportunity. And maybe that generation would start to probably heal the world and, try and um you know help help people who are less fortunate. That's mm. so yeah. So that's my so that's the legacy I really want to leave for Riley. Just obviously, you know, the properties and, and whatever, you know, but it's just a more of understanding, you know, that you can you don't have to just go through the school go through the school system. But you know, if you want to be your own boss, be your own boss, you know, but this is this is one of the ways you can do it through property. Or, you know, you can design something or you can write or you can do performing arts, whatever it is. Uh, or see but, the
0: world or see the yeah. world like you're showing Riley um yeah. the world experiences and how others live and how to respect the cultures mm-hmm. and uh faiths. And as a dad, I just want to say I think you're such a great dad for <laughs> teaching him that and showing him that. And I see that you do that on a daily basis. And I just I'm always in awe of you because like how do you you're like the same age as me in 30s right Yeah 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 <laughs> and Like I just think oh my god like you know you've had your experiences with your own dad and mm. you you know you go through you go through your challenges every day and I'm always in awe of just how much of a great dad you are and it kind of makes me appreciate all my experiences of my dad and
1: yeah, 100%.
0: everything that I had and leaving that legacy behind because my dad was very much like that it was mm-hmm. always about the experience and um what we have to learn and not really about the materialistic stuff
1: yeah of course because you can't take that to the grave you know you only as my dad always says you only take your memories son so make sure you have plenty <laughs> oh that's
0: lovely is that what your dad says yeah, that's so, lovely.
1: yeah I mean as you said you know you can't we can't take the material things but you know what people think of us when we leave you know we want to know that you know they were an open person you know they wore their heart on their sleeve everything they said was true you know they had flaws but you know they didn't care um they were care they were caring they were kind-hearted and you know they're the things that will live on longer not whether you know you, every year you had the latest pair of trainers or the latest phone that's, mm. that's what people are going to remember you know <laughs> it's yeah. how you made them feel uh, when you were around them that's what's going to um live on and mm-hmm. <laughs> you
0: know. so that kind of brings us um we're, we're we're gonna wrap up soon but uh just a couple of things really um Look, we live in a systemically racist society, right? Uh There's no two ways about that. And, And I think the bereavement space is a that impacts the bereavement space in terms of how therapy services are accessed mm-hmm. um I, I know for me it was a fight to get a BAME therapist to find one to research one oh, wow. uh to find that because actually counselling psychotherapy is just riddled with middle-class white women um
1: they <laughs> have, no, have no concept or understanding of what's like <laughs> no.
0: of our lived experiences no at all and they'll just say stupid shit which um you hear often on my podcast what's been said and why a lot of the guests have had that therapist and then have gone back to the drawing board and were like actually i need to find a black woman or a black man or an asian man or a muslim mm-hmm. man or whatever it may be mm-hmm. to understand m- m- the experience of the diaspora like our experiences <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so knowing that we live in this society like when it comes to death and grief mm and knowing that we live in a society where BAME people actually they're they're not really benefiting that much from from this system what Mm. is you know what what would your not advice but like what would your take on that be for people to fight living in that system
1: it's hard to speak in about in terms of dealing with the racism that you have to deal with from a bereavement level as a Dad lived from a dad perspective. A black woman, Asian man, Asian woman, Muslim. Um, I think for me, what helps me to get through is, um, which I always say is my um, is my backbone, is my foundation. It's um, again, I refer back to a book called "When We um, When We Ruled" um, by Robin. I believe it's Robin Walker, but don't quote me on that. And mm. that shows you all. Everything that uh, black people achieved um, before slavery—the monuments, the arts, the, the um, yeah, the the monuments, the temples—so, um, yeah, when you understand, um, you know, that you're you were a king, you're a queen, and you know that your 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 race achieved great things before our kidnapping um, and and being dispersed all across the world—that um, gave me a sense of pride, knowing that you know, okay. Yeah, we went through our kidnapping situation and torture and whatever, but prior to that we were kings, we were queens, we, we were doing things, we were achieving great um great accomplishments. And I think with any race, I think you need to have that strong foundation. If you don't have, you know, parents or someone in 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 your life who's gonna give you that, I think you definitely need to know that, you know, you are able to your your race achieved great things and I think that's that's for me personally that's what's given me great strength and obviously I've built I've built upon that and I've been exposed to uh, more books and uh, speaking with elders you know I've always put myself in a situation like I used to go to um, a group every Sunday the tree of life It's no longer there and there was elders there and they would speak about you know uh, great accomplishments, what it's like to be as a black man and, you know, that would give you a sense of pride. So, And, and I've been quite fortunate that I've always surrounded myself with um, older people um, who've given me wisdom and guidance and knowledge, um, probably through the jobs that I've done. I've, I've met a lot of people who've, who've, who've put me in, in, the, in the direction where to seek knowledge to about myself and um how to visualize and meditate and you know it's 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 a journey it's a journey but every day I think you just have to hold on to to get through every day I'd say you have to hold on to your core beliefs your purpose um what you want to achieve and once you have that so drilled in your mind that no one no one on yourself can stop you apart from um God then that, that should really be enough to get you through the day. Yeah, people are going to challenge you, but you have to see it as um, a challenge. And and to, I always label it, any time I get um, roadblocks or um, obstacles, I always say to myself that I'm on the right path because if I wasn't on the right, right path, then I wouldn't get all these obstacles. The path would be just, would be easy. Therefore,
0: didn't
1: yeah, therefore, I, w- I wouldn't be living my true self or I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be on the right path. So... Yeah, having that mental fortitude, just read, meditate and just try and put yourself out there. I mean, even just touching on my um, going into the property business, um, you know, I've had to put myself in situations that, you know, I've had to go networking, speak to you know, different pe- different people from all walks of life um, that, I've yeah. not been, that I've not been used to see. So again, it's putting yourself in that situation to grow, and that's what you have to do. And you know, never never shirk away from asking for help. You know, the man knows you get your way close to that. Yes. So you know, read a lot, research about yourself, about your culture, uh, about your history. You know, and yeah, read self self help books. You know. Um Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway is another great one. Um Emotional Intelligence is another great one. Mastery. So, so. that kind
0: of so that kind of brings me to what are your top <laughs> three titles? Ooh. Uh it doesn't have to be in any particular order, but kind of like what books would you recommend to our listeners? Because how many books a year do you read? Is it fifty?
1: Oh I w I wouldn't go I wouldn't go that far. It hasn't been that many, but I would probably say um at least twenty books a year. Easy, easy. Um, Because obviously I'm, yeah, I'm on the train. Obviously, I travel to work on the train, so it gives me a great um, time to read books instead of looking in people's faces and (laughs) listening to me. And whatever you I'd rather yeah. nourish the mind you know
0: yeah you use your time really well I have to say I'd rather just stare into space and listen to me <laughs> but that's me <laughs> I'm really crap like that but I'm really impressed 20 books is a lot of books right yeah, I, yeah I've been reading one book it's coming up to six months it's called Thinking Out Loud by Rio Ferdinand
1: oh okay how is that
0: it's a really great book but I don't know why it's taken me so long to read <laughs> uh I've, i i can be lazy it's, it might be laziness or the discipline or i get distracted like <laughs> netflix or social media or, yes. or, or something else it's <laughs> actually a really really great book um so yeah i mean i love that you read so much and i i get a lot of inspiration from that so yeah, just, uh top three
1: um top three books that i would say um oh i i think The one that's had the biggest impact on me is um, Think and Grow Rich. Uh, No, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, sorry. Oh, I've heard that
0: one. Yeah, Yeah. uh,
1: Kiyosaki. Um, That gave me a great understanding of assets, liability. um, And, yeah, the, the school system teaches you certain things, but there's a lot of things that... We really should know before we go out into the wide world um,
0: oh, financial literacy is something schools do not teach
1: Yeah, exactly And it's like, well, why not? But then once you delve into it deeper, you understand why not yeah. uh, i definitely yeah. say that book um,
0: Rich Dad, Poor Dad, yeah Yeah, Poor by dad.
1: Robert Kiyosaki The other book I would probably say would be um, It's by, uh, is it, oh, it's not Tony, is it Tony Robbins? um you know what see give me give me two minutes let me just look through my phone I would definitely say another one is um feel the fear and do it anyway um that's definitely another one because you know in life that you there's certain things you want to achieve and you always think to yourself sometimes oh well I'm at a certain age I haven't done it yet I should have done it and I think when you when you read this book you realize that you know for example um uh, mcdonald's you know the guy the, the guy who created mcdonald's he didn't start at mcdonald's till he was 46 um the lady who wrote um harry potter she didn't start till she was 42 so it's it gives you that understanding that yeah you have the fear but just do it anyway uh, i love that
0: yeah that sounds like a great book who's that by yeah
1: i'm just looking right yeah <laughs>
0: I feel yeah you do that like uh, have a look cuz I think that's, our listeners will be interested. Yeah, that's
1: but that's from um, Susan Jeffers
0: Susan Feel Fit
1: yeah and do it anyway another great book. Now I've got the collection up in front of me now. Um is The Alchemist. I'm not too sure if you heard Oh uh,
0: yeah I've got that book. That's one of my favorite books.
1: Yes that is. Paulo Oh
0: yes. my god. I love
1: that. But I must have read that book at least 3 times. I love that.
0: Um, Oh my god! I'm so glad you mentioned that. I didn't <laughs> know that you liked that book. Good.
1: Yeah, the the journey, the journey of that book is, um, you know, it's, it's like life. You know, um, there's so many people telling you, you know, what are you, what are you fantasizing about going to a foreign land? There's nothing there, but you know, holding true to what you believe, and that's what I say. Getting through the day every day is uh, having that strong purpose of what you're, what you're here to do on Earth, and having a dream. You know, once that's you purpose. have to, yeah, once you have that instilled in you, you can overcome all obstacles. And, yeah, it doesn't matter whether people, you know, speak down on you, take the mickey out of you. It's, at the end of the day, you're, they're already down, so they're trying to bring you down. So that's the way I look at that as I well. I love
0: that. I love that. That's There's so much truth in that. It's so true. That's why bullying and stuff exists. Um, and you're right, having that foundation, having that purpose is... Is everything. So it's um yeah. All the
1: yeah, Alchemist and this made me understand people a lot more. I mean this book is quite big, but this guy's got a great collection of books. It's by Robert Green, um, The Laws of Human Nature. <laughs> and it's and he's got the same book as well, which is Mastery, um, fifty laws of um fifty laws of war and art, I believe it is. Um hold on. Yeah, 33 Strategies of War by Robert Greene and The Law of Success by Napoleon Hill. So there's there's a few books. uh, See, I can't can't say to you there's a top three. um, All have been invaluable. All have um, given me um, great understanding. But if I would have to say, if I could have one book um, to last me, say, three months, it would be Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. By Dr. Joe Dispenser. That'd be my um
0: What's that about?
1: Is that Oh, that's about your um reprogramming your brain. So oh, wow, you know, you know when you think if you think negative, I'm gonna try and explain this the best way I can. Uh, when you're thinking negative, there's all that means there's um there's that path already created in your brain, that neurological path. So if you wanna if you wanna be able to shed that negative thought, uh, when you think of The item or the person that brings up that negative thought you then have to think positive or you have to attach it to another emotion or another feeling and eventually over time you'll reprogram the neuron in your brain to fire differently so it'll fire and take the the positive path instead of the negative path that's the best way i can That's uh, a lot uh,
0: of work
1: yeah well it's not it's not really i mean it's just it's just Things that um, bring you pain and emotion, um, I say they're neurons already fired in your brain. So it's then attaching them negative outcomes to a positive uh, and having a positive outcome on them or attaching emotion to that and happy emotion to them.
0: Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So anytime
1: you think of it, your brain will automatically think the happy emotion or the positive thought. Um,
0: okay. That sounds interesting. I. Who's that by? I might look into that actually. That's
1: um, Doctor Joe Dispenser. Dispenser. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay, nice. You got a nice few titles there. Thanks for sharing that with us. I, so. I'm sure some of my guests will be really interested in looking into those. I know, I definitely will. Um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I feel like we can we can talk forever. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> but let's let's just take a moment to appreciate each other because you know mm-hmm. life is
1: fragile 100% 100% and you know I really appreciate um what you're doing and you know I've definitely seen the growth in you um from coming from when I first met you at the institute um yeah growing a lot and as as friends just traveling in a different countries and again I would I would say to anyone you know um if you have friends like that and you're able to do that Travel to different countries and experience it. It was it was, it was it was it was it was great. And you know to learn and understand more about you and you know your ambitions and your goals and you're actually manifesting them now. Yeah, you're you're an inspiration. And you know bless more blessings will come to you because you're doing it through um, the purity of your heart. You know there's no there's nothing else that you're looking for me apart from just helping people. And I think that's that's the most important um, um, value we can. Give while we're on this earth is try and help as much people as we can so yeah big shout outs to you uh oh, thank
0: and, you and, yeah
1: continue to do what you're doing you know and, i'm uh,
0: very moved by that um <laughs> yeah i i feel you i i just not really a lot more i can say about what you just said um i'm speechless uh is this, this
1: a first, isn't it? That's a first? <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I've always got something to say to you. Um, <laughs> um, I just feel that with this platform, you know, it really was something that I needed 10 years ago that well, mm. didn't exist. And helping people helps me process. Yeah. Having that open dialogue helps me. And if there's one thing that I really care about, it's about helping our communities, Black, yeah. Asian, whatever, like just helping us be the best that we can be, and in a space where people are grieving, and you just need that, like we have today, talking about the importance of our fathers and the father figure. It was yeah. really important for me to bring you in at this stage. I know it's a different, it's a break from the usual format, but mm-hmm. I feel like we really needed it. We need that motivational kind of speak and that other pr- perspective on things, and actually why the father figure is so important and I just felt you as a dad you could really explain that to our audience
1: yeah well I hope I hope, hopefully I've got all the points across you
0: um, did. No, absolutely you did.
1: yeah I mean uh, being a father is a full-time job and you know just have fun with it um, as long as you're continuing to learn and grow yeah you, um, your children will continue to learn and grow and yeah just try and show them all the things that you wasn't able to um see or experience whilst you were young because remember our family grew up in different different times, times and diff- yeah different things were going yeah on. So, making yeah.
0: sacrifices isn't it uh, and um yeah I think that's something that we should always remember and uh, mm-hmm. appreciate they've given us uh, um certain privileges uh yeah, that we sure. can't Payback. So I want to do the gratefulness challenge with you. But uh, <laughs> before we uh, do that, I want to share one of my favorite memories. As you mentioned, we have traveled together. <laughs> and I remember when we were, well, you were driving.
1: Mm. And
0: I remember we were playing tunes. And I wanted to put on Mark Morrison's Return of the Mac. <laughs> and- <laughs> And you were like, what the hell? Turn that shit off. Like some cringe worthy shit. Like we yeah. ain't blasting that. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, how could you not like that song? It was number one for ages in the charts. Or at least it was number two or something in top of the pot. And mm. I was so shocked. And anyway, then uh Heard It All Before by Sunshine Anderson came on. Mm. And I know for you like that has a lot of meanings. Yeah. Uh, it's a deep song and we just belted into like a carpool karaoke (laughs) brings me to the gratefulness challenge yeah where we say um what we're grateful for in the here and now big or small Mm. what
1: would you
0: like would you like to go first or shall I
1: um yeah you go first go on (laughs) okay
0: well I didn't really think of one but um I I guess it's what you were saying about uh, fighting the fear, um, do it anyway. Mm. Um, you know, I'd thought about this podcast for a long time and then I finally pitched it one summer and... I finally went ahead with it and it is where it is now, you know, 11, 12 episodes in and Mm -hmm. it's been such a great learning tool. It's been a journey. It's been healing. It's been a kind dialogue. It's been a place for people to tell their story if they've never told their story. It's been a place for people to kind of aid and get other work opportunities through it. Um, And I just I'm glad that I fought that fear in that moment Mm -hmm. because I just thought it's too late I can't do this I gotta leave it to people that are younger than me like and I'm glad I fought that because I, I I feel so good when I do this podcast and I have conversations with people that mm. feel really good and it just feels so good for my mental health and I hope for others as well yeah. it's the same thing and I'm just so grateful for that and it's the smallest thing it's priceless like I can't put money on this podcast it, you couldn't put money on this podcast it is just priceless and for me it's a really beautiful space and I'm really appreciative of the time that I had with my father. Yeah. It, it's, it's something that I continue to process, but I'm grateful that I could talk like openly with you about the importance of dads because yeah. I know that you're a dad, and I know that your dad has been present in some forms in your life mm. um, and how important that is. And if you don't have a father figure, that's okay, and... Uh, there are other ways if you don't yeah, have a dad definitely. that's in your life. And you explained that earlier on. And
1: mm.
0: I just, yeah, man, I loved my dad. My dad <laughs> was great. And
1: I could see, I could see that, I could see the connection and the love that you've had just through the pictures alone. And um, yeah, I mean, just remember that he's always with you, he's always guiding over you. And sometimes in the quiet, in the quiet moments, you know, if you really tap in, you'll hear him speaking to you as well. So, you know, if there's any um, anything you need, if you ever really want to talk, then, yeah, you know, I'm always here for you anyway. So, you know, I don't have to say that. <laughs> right,
0: no, I'm a big, big supporter of everything that you do. And I really appreciate your presence on the podcast today. Mm-hmm. So now over to you for gratefulness.
1: Uh, well, I'm grateful for obviously the opportunity that you've given me to be able to express myself and hopefully I can try and help as many people as I can. Um, I'm grateful for my beautiful son um, who teaches me a lot of new things every day. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm thankful for the breath of life every day. I'm thankful to be able to try and motivate um Anybody who come across and just try and give them advice, wisdom, knowledge. By the way, this is um, breaking news. Um, yeah, I'm grateful for the creator for providing me with another child. Monique's um, pregnant. Oh
0: my god, that's so yeah. amazing! Congratulations. You know, I saw you post something on Facebook, and I was like. Does he mean that he's gonna be a dad again? Is that Sorry. what that is? And it's like, oh, I'll hit him up later, I'll message him later. We'll talk about that later. Oh my god, congratulations. Thank you,
1: Thank you. Yeah, so she's eleven weeks. Um so yeah, I'm grateful for being able to um um to be able to have that gift again. Um to bring another ch- gift into this world and raise them correctly and yeah i'm just grateful for everything i've achieved and everything that i've yet to achieve i'm grateful for i'm grateful for all the people that have come into my life to help me to get me to where i am now and all the people that have yet to come into my life to help me to get to where i need to be so i'm truly grateful i'm grateful for all my ancestors all my parents that went before me i thank them for going through trials and tribulations for me to be present today um and yeah i'm just i'm just truly am grateful i'm grateful for life and that's that's the best thing to enjoy this life in the physical form you know because i say we only get one we only get one run unless people believe in reincarnation (laughs) Uh, we only get one run so yeah let's just make the most of it and be grateful and you know just yeah just try and share joy wisdom and knowledge and just love more love less hate
0: That was my friend Adrian Rowe talking to us about grief and bereavement from the perspective of a black male. Let's wish Adrian love and continued success. As always, thank you for listening. I'm your host, Kulseema Ali. Which brings me to say a massive thank you to our subscribers and our listeners. Early on in the year, we reached way over a thousand downloads. Thank you so much if that was you. And if you tap that star rating and left us a generous review however for those of you that forgot you can jump back into the apple podcast and tap your star rating it takes one second i know many of you said we don't have an iphone so how do we do it well your friends and family members might so reach out to them and perhaps you can drop the star rating review via their phone we really need the support we're a very small podcast with no funding or big brand back It means that our guests and I get a further reach in this very necessary and important conversation. If you want to reach out to us on social media, you can find us on Twitter. The handle is at Bereavement Room. On Instagram, it's at Bereavement Room. Or if you want to get in touch with me personally on Twitter, it's at Kulseema Ali. We are looking for more guests. So if you're interested in appearing on the podcast, do DM me. Thanks for tuning in. I am your host, Korsuma Ali.